Let's go to the Bible, Mark chapter 6 today. I got two different scriptures that we're going to use today. Mark 6, and then we're going to go to Matthew 8. Man, I wish we were still old school enough to bring our Bibles with us to church. To hear them pages flip. It just gets gets the preacher fired up, man. Y'all should do that next week. Let's bring a Bible next week, all right? There you go. Thank you. If you brought your if you brought your sword with you today. Come on. All right, Mark chapter six. Says Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. And the next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. And they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Watch this, verse 6. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed at their unbelief. Keep that thought in mind. We're going to jump over to Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 13. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am a man under authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. Would that not be an incredible strategy for raising kids? Amen. Come on, we're working on it. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. And when Jesus heard this, watch this, he was amazed. Two different settings here where Jesus was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, boy, this is a strong word right here, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed that same hour. Jesus was amazed by unbelief and he was amazed by faith. He was amazed. Today's message, I want to talk to you about different faith different faith. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are here and you're moving, you're working. Now speak. Speak to each other, to each person in this room. Even to me, Lord, speak. And let your word awaken faith in us like we have never known. That our faith today will grow to believe you and trust you to follow you like we have never believed before. And Lord, today I just pray that whatever situations we may find ourselves in, that we will have the faith to believe that you will get us through it, that you will see us through it, that we will overcome it. Lord, use me today to be a voice that awakens faith in this room. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And amen. How many of you, you have that friend or family member, um, and we'll just call them the panic person? who can immediately go into a panic whenever something happens. Like, they go from zero to freak out in no time. Y'all know that person? Don't point at him in here now. Don't need to call no one out, but y'all know what I'm talking about, where it just goes from 
normal to one phone call, one text message, and next thing you know, the whole world is coming to an end. Everything is falling. Y'all know the panic person. How many of y'all know the, just nod at me if you got a panic person. Don't nod at me if you are the panic person. Okay. And then, though, on the other side, there's the collected person. You know what I'm saying? There's the other person. When uh, the, the stuff starts happening, they don't panic at all. And I don't know if you've ever paid attention to the dynamic between the panic person and the collected person. But usually there's a little frustration between the two. Because the panic person cannot understand why the collected person... And I'm just trying to be very vague with how I'm describing this. I'm not trying to talk about you and anybody that you know. I'm just being vague in it, okay? But the panic person gets very, very upset and angry. Let's just call it what it is. At the collected person because they're not freaking out about the things that they're freaking out about. And the collected person is getting very frustrated and angry about the panic person because they are freaking out so much about something that we really don't need to freak out about. Y'all all act like you've been in this situation before. Yeah. And it's funny because it's always assumed that the collected person must not care. Am I right? They just don't care because if you really cared, you would melt down with me. And I would just say, if they melted down with you, that wouldn't be good for you. It wouldn't. And so many times it looks like they care too much, they don't care enough. But we all know those situations, and we know that people have different reactions to situations. Okay? And I'm not saying either one is right or either one is wrong, but I am saying let's just everybody calm down. Okay, that's what I'm saying today. But what happens when you're a believer? Notice what term I chose to use there. What happens when you're a believer and um, you wear the label of Christian and your faith looks no different than the faith of the person who does not follow Jesus? And some of y'all like, so that's where we're starting today. We mentioned that living normal, the normal life today is living anxious and stressed out and fearful, worried, overwhelmed, angry, holding grudges. Like we could go down the list. And, and, and this is what we said. That's normal, but normal isn't working. Can I get an amen? And really what we're saying is I want something different because the normal thing just isn't working for me. And I want something different for my life. And if we want something different, we've got to have a different faith, a different faith. Now, when we think about faith, it's a broad topic. It's a very broad topic because I think most people would say, I have faith or I believe in something. And so it is so broad and everyone has their own personalized, customized faith system. And they have chosen the things that they want to believe and have removed the things that they don't think matter. And we've come up with our own forms of our own spirituality. And I would just say this, that we've literally created a mess for ourselves by creating our own faith instead of following the one true faith, the way, the truth, the life, and his name is Jesus. And even in following Jesus, we have our sugar daddy verses, the ones that we really, really like, you know, the ones we go to that are so sweet. And then we got the other verses like the weeping and gnashing of teeth that we stay away from. Amen. You're hoping it. You're just hoping that that doesn't make it into your weekly Bible reading plan. Because we don't want to hear about weeping and gnashing of teeth, although there is a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth that's going on in our culture today. There's a lot of crying because people are overwhelmed and there's a lot of gnashing of teeth because people are so angry. And it's because they're really expressing that I want something different in my life. I don't want to keep living with this weight on my shoulders. Can I get an amen from somebody? And, and this is the life that we have been living and we want something different. And even though everyone has faith and can do whatever they want with it, it's only faith in God that yields life-changing, life-giving, eternal results. Yes, you heard me right. I said you have faith and you can do with it 
whatever you want. And for some, that empowers you. For others, that freaks you out a little bit. But this is what I'm saying. You choose how you're going to believe and what you're going to believe. You really do. And so if you want to be fearful, that's what you choose to do. Yes, I said that. Because fear is faith. It's just in the wrong direction. That's what it is. It's believing that something's going to happen, even though you have no evidence that it's going to happen. You just have voices. Look at your neighbor and say, I hear voices. (laughs) Hey, don't worry. They already thought you were weird. (laughs) They already thought that. Two stories we read today, we see different results because of belief and unbelief. In Mark 6, and I love the book of Mark because it's such a highlight book of the Bible. It's like Sports Center of Jesus. It covers all the highlights. Love it, love it. If you're new to the faith and you're like, where do I start? Go to the book of Mark, man. It just will tell you all the cool things Jesus did, and it will fire you up. Mark 6, it's people, watch this, who are so familiar with Jesus that they can't believe him. And I want that to set in our spirit today. It's people who are so familiar with Jesus that they can't believe him. Let me give you the context. They grew up knowing him. Think about that. Many of you, you have church backgrounds, and you grew up knowing Jesus. They grew up in the same hometown as Jesus. They grew up knowing him. He was always a part of their lives. Are y'all grabbing the context I'm putting here today? Grew up knowing him. He was always a part of their lives, and they had a relationship with him. Sounds so familiar to us because we know about Jesus. So many of you, you've grown up with a church background. There's a few that that you really don't have a church background, but many people in here, you have a church background. And so you grew up knowing Jesus. You grew up and you can look back at your life and you will see Jesus was always a part of my life. And you would even say, Pastor Wade, I have a relationship with Jesus, which is the most important relationship in your life. I walked the aisle, Pastor Wade. I prayed the prayer. I signed the connection card. Please, thank you. Me and Jesus, we're tight. I have a relationship with him. And this is what was happening in Mark chapter 6. And even though they always knew him, even though they had a relationship with him, Come on. Even though he was always a part of their lives, Jesus couldn't do any miracles among them. That's discouraging. Because we just start. I got a relationship with Jesus. Everything in my life changes. They had a relationship with Jesus, but they didn't have this revelation of who he actually was. He was so familiar to them. And the familiarity of Jesus got in the way of the reality of Jesus. I hope that's saying something to someone. In Matthew chapter 8, it's, an, it's a man who is unfamiliar with Jesus. But for some reason, confidently believes him. This is a guy whose background, he doesn't really know who Jesus is. He's just heard things about him. Jesus has not been a part of his life He just heard about him through work. Are y'all grabbing the context here? This guy's in law enforcement, and he only knows about Jesus because a few of the guys told him you got to watch out for him. But all the things that he keeps hearing about Jesus is Jesus is doing some miracles, and it's quite impressive. And so this man who is unfamiliar with Jesus has no relationship with him But even though he doesn't have a relationship with him, he definitely has a revelation of Jesus. And when he has a need, he goes to Jesus with the expectation that Jesus can do something. And it says in Matthew 8 that Jesus was amazed with his belief. In Mark, he's amazed at their unbelief. And these are the people with the relationship with him. And then we jump over to Matthew 8. 
And Jesus is amazed with his belief, and this man has no relationship with him. Am I knocking on the door of anybody in here that has some type of church history and some kind of familiarity with Jesus to put us on guard to say, I wonder if he's just become so familiar that I'm overlooking the possibilities of what he can do. Because remember they said he's just a carpenter. Oh, that's Mary and Joseph's boy. That's who he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, his brothers. Y'all know his brothers, old James. Y'all remember them. Remember they got in trouble that time? So familiar. It makes me wonder if Jesus saw our faith, would he be amazed by our faith or would he be amazed by our unbelief? And here's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't take pedigree, spiritual pedigree, to believe Jesus. It doesn't. I've listen, I can tell you I have some experience with Bible scholar people and some of my experiences with them is they have little faith, little to no faith. They know a lot about the faith but they don't have any flex in it. You know what I'm saying? It's like photoshop pictures and they're all bowed up. Anyway, the story of the Roman officer is unique because he isn't a follower of Jesus, and he's considered a Gentile. And when Jesus came, he came first to the Jews. He wasn't coming to the Gentiles, but the Gentiles were paying attention to what was going on, and they say, I want that in my life. And so Jesus opens the door to allow them to come in on the very blessings that were supposed to be just for the Jews. Jesus said, bring them in because they have some faith that is attracting Jesus. And even though this Roman officer has no spiritual pedigree, he has a need that brings him to Jesus. He has something that is going on that's bringing him to Jesus. And I would just say, in gaining knowledge of who Jesus is, never lose your need for him. Never lose your... If your discipleship and you're learning about Jesus, puts you in a place that you no longer need Jesus, that is a bad discipleship plan. If you become more confident in your faith than you become in Jesus, you might want to relook at this thing. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it's not about you, it's about him. I know that's hard to hear, but that's the truth. It's about him. And I need you to see this today, and this really grabbed my attention. It was to this point, Everyone that Jesus has healed, Jesus was present to perform the miracle. At this point, everyone that Jesus has healed, he was actually there for the miracle. But when this Roman officer shows up, he has a different faith. And he believed that Jesus' word was just as powerful as his presence. Hey, this is good word right here, by the way, for people who just are church junkies that like to come to church and feel it and got to have all the stuff to get them worked up and they love the presence of God. This is a good revelation for you because his word is just as powerful as his presence, meaning your Bible reading can be just as powerful in your life as 15 minutes of worship on a Sunday morning. Come on, because it's the same God, different place, same God. And so Jesus, this is the first time we see in Scripture where he is not actually present there in person to touch the person, to heal them. The Roman officer comes up with this idea that, Jesus, you are so powerful. You are so in authority. You don't have to be there. All you got to do is say it's done, and then everything falls in place for it to be done. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Wait, let's back all the way up to Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God told the oceans to stop right there and the land start right there. And guess what? That's what happened. God said, let there be birds, let there be fish. That's what happened. God sends forth his word and it performs. It performs. It's, it's words of action and words of authority. And I love Isaiah 55. It, it says this, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always, say always. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. 
See, this is a different kind of faith because at this point, everyone is in panic mode. Jesus, you've got to come. And this guy said, Jesus, you don't even have to come. You just speak the word right there from where you're at, and it is going to happen. Look at your neighbor say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I want you to write this down today. Different faith is much more than what you believe. It's who you believe in. It's not just what, hey, what you believe is important. But who you believe in is so much more important. Because if what you believe doesn't add up to the who, then we got this wrong. Again, I will say it. It's all about Jesus. The center of your faith isn't your knowledge. It's Jesus. Amen? And living in such a relationship, can I just say this, man? I've been, I came to know the Lord as a young person. September 23rd, 1985, I was almost 10 years old, and I remember my dad praying with me to accept Jesus. I grew up knowing Jesus. Jesus was always around. Can I tell you that here I am years later, and you're like, man, you only look like you're 37 years old, Pastor Way. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Got a good wife. Keeps me looking young, okay? I'm still amazed by him. Still amazed. Still amazed at how he does it. Because it doesn't always add up in my mind. Can I hear an amen from somebody? And can I just say, I, I would have done it differently. In a lot of instances, like, God, I don't understand why you're doing it like that. And then I live a few years and I look back and I say, oh, now I see exactly why you did it like that. Good thing we didn't go with my way. I'm still amazed by him. Where you're at right now in your life and your walk with God, are you still amazed by him? Or has it become so familiar that you can almost predict how it's going to go? I know. That's why I want to talk about this, because the longer that you serve the Lord, the more familiar you become with this. You wouldn't say this, obviously, but there's this feeling that I know. I already know that. I don't know why, but Pastor Wade, why you want to talk about faith? We already know that. The reason I want to talk about faith is because there are so many things that we're doing out of what we know that we don't want to mess with the I don't know. And the I don't know is where God moves. I learned a long time ago, you've got to become okay with I don't know. You've got to be, if you're going to live a life of faith, you've got to become very familiar and very okay with living in a place of, I don't know. And can I say the stage that Cynthia and I have been with raising our boys, we want them to be able to know everything and know everything so we can lay it all out. They're at the place in their life, they are becoming comfortable with the, I don't know. And it is not my job to help them to know everything. It is my job to help them to know him who will unfold everything in their lives. And there's someone who's about 47 right now in here that needs to hear this because you're still at the place of I don't know. And you believe that if you can finally get to the place of I do know that everything will just go away. But as soon as you get to the place of I do know, you're probably going to mess it up. You probably will. Amen. People say things like this, I believe in prayer. And prayer is what we do, but it's who we pray to that makes the difference. Listen, this whole I believe in the power of prayer thing, be careful how you say that. I believe in the power of God, so I pray. It's the power of God that makes the difference, not me praying. It's his power. Me praying is just bringing it to him. It's no different than the Roman officer. I got to bring it to him. And so I'm going to bring it to him, but it's his power that makes it happen. Amen. Come on. People say, I love to worship. Worship is what we do, but Jesus is who we're worshiping. Listen, this isn't I'm going to get my hit on Sunday morning and gets me amped up for the week. I'm going to meet with Jesus. And when I'm in the presence of an almighty God who is holy and powerful, I have no other response but to worship him. Have we become so familiar with him that we can't even worship him anymore? Oh, it's just Jesus. Oh, I grew up knowing him. Been knowing him for a while. I got a relationship with him. 
See, we're not amazed by him, and so we keep our hands in our pocket. When Jesus shows up in the room and you see he's really here, you cannot be still. You cannot be silent. The reaction goes beyond your personality, amen? It's beyond your personality, and you're like, I can't help but throw my hands up in the air and worship him because the almighty God is in the room. Come on. Now we're going. Now we're going. People say, I'm a Christian. And that's our label. But Jesus is who we're following. If it's more about being a Christian than it is about Jesus, we got it wrong. Because to people, that's just a label. And that label has been so watered down through the years, by the way. Every generation, that label is getting watered down more and more. And so if you're thumping your chest because you're a Christian, good for you. But your faith is so much more than your label. Amen. In fact, some people would take it further. They wouldn't just call you a Christian. They would say you're crazy and you're crazy because your faith is different. Not weird. It's different that you believe God in situations when other people would be falling apart. And it's not because I'm better than them, but it's because I know somebody. I've got a relationship with somebody that I know that can make a difference in our lives. No matter how hard it may seem, he can make a difference. Amen. There's a difference. And the difference is that It's all about Jesus. So don't get so caught up with what that you lose who this is all about. We have a bad habit of taking everything God does and making it all about us. Taking Jesus and making him all about me. Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is not your homeboy. He's your Lord. And if you only see him as your homeboy, you're putting limitations on him. I'm serious. Jesus is my best friend. That's great, but he's more than a friend. He really is. And, and, and so many times we water down the reality of who Jesus is to us. You're not really watering him down. You're watering down who he is to you because of who you want him to be. Amen? That we limit just like they did in, in Mark. They, they watered it down because it's just Jesus They didn't realize the miracle maker was walking in the room. They didn't realize that Jesus, this very Jesus that you're so familiar with, will be the one who walks on water. They didn't realize this would be the one that raised the dead. They didn't realize he could turn the water into wine. They didn't realize all this stuff because they always saw Jesus, who they were so familiar with. I remember in Sunday school, we talked about Jesus. And I remember in in children's church, we talked, oh, we went to VBS. Yeah, yeah, we went to VBS. Well, we talked about David there, though. We talked about David, Kim, Goliath. But I know Jesus. I'm familiar with him. And I'm just concerned as a pastor of people with church backgrounds that are so familiar with Jesus that they don't believe Jesus in the everyday parts of their lives. And we're operating so similarly to the world in our reactions to everything. Come on. And I got to address this, y'all, because our faith looks no different. We just go to church on Sundays and it makes us look good in our culture because it looks like you got your family together because you're taking them to church and you're a single person, but you're going to church on Sundays. And so that's a good thing. And that looks good. But I don't know about you guys. I don't want it just to look good on the outside while all hell is breaking loose on the inside. Amen. Come on. I want to talk to somebody who's struggling in here today that says I want something different. Amen. I want something different than stress. Always worried about it. It's going to take a different faith. So let me say it like this. If Jesus isn't the center of your faith, then all you have is positive practices. And I'm all for positivity. But your positivity has to have a basis or else it's just wishful thinking. Jesus has to be the center of your faith. And again, I want to bring you back to that place. Is Jesus the center of your faith? Is he the center of your faith? This Roman officer, he didn't have a lot of confidence with his situation that was going on. But it does seem like he had a lot of confidence in Jesus. I mean, can you imagine how Jesus must have felt. Like, I, I don't know about y'all. I would have went back to my team and said, that dude gets it. <laughs> Whatever it is, that dude gets it. And I wish some of y'all got it. 
And Jesus commended him because he had different faith. He said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Can you imagine all his disciples standing there with him? What about us? I mean, we've been with you everywhere, Jesus. Remember that time you, we were sinking? You were going down too. We saved you. I wasn't going down, son. I can walk on the water. I can part the waters. I can make the water. Just saying. I'll give you a few examples of different faith. Different faith keeps believing even when we don't see things changing. That's different faith. Because normal faith is, well, that ain't working. I'll give you the, the ultimate phrase. I tried that. I tried that. And you've heard this before. Uh, you don't try Jesus. You trust him. Okay, if you're trying, that means you're open for other options. If you're trusting, you've eliminated all the options. Uh, it's like telling your spouse, I'm going to try to have a relationship with you. <laughs> Let's throw that in the marriage vows. <laughs> Let me know how that works. She's going to say, you need some different faith. Anyway, uh, different faith prays dangerous prayers where we ask God for miracles. Different faith takes steps that don't always make sense. I've seen it over and over. Sometimes it just doesn't add up. But I know that's the way to go. And sometimes we like to get everyone's input to give us comfort about something we already know we need to do, and they can't see it that way because it doesn't add up. Different faith puts it all on the line. It puts you in a position for things like obedience and puts you in position for things like sacrifice. And to obey and to sacrifice, it messes with our will. Let me, let me phrase it like this. Some things I'm willing to do, some things I will not. And I have often found in my life where the Lord says, Oh, that's where I want to work at. Because we pray prayers like this. You heard that, huh? A little kid is bringing it in there. I don't know what they're preaching, but they have in church. <laughs> we pray prayers like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. See, it's easier to say on earth than it is to say in my life like it is in heaven. Because on earth means, ah, what I really mean is everybody else. But in my life, mm, Lord, getting all up in my life. Yeah. When we knew God was calling us to start the church, I will tell you it took a different kind of faith than Cynthia and I had ever walked in. We were faithful, and we believed God, but we had never walked in that type of faith before. And I, I will tell you where it hit us, was quitting the jobs. There were a lot of things. I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing this for the kingdom. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But when it came to the jobs, that's where it was hard. That's where it took a different kind of faith. Because I will tell you, even though we were Christians, people did think we were crazy. Why would you do that? That is not safe. That is not smart. Do you realize what you are doing? And we had plenty of advice. Plenty of unsolicited advice from all kinds of people. To quit the job and sell everything in order to answer the call. And I'm sharing this with you. I, th I promise you, this is not bragging. I, I will tell you this is not bragging because that was hard. That was crazy. What in the world, babe, were we doing? We bet everything on him because there was something in us that would not let us do anything else and you want to talk about 
getting to know the Lord. We were praying prayers at that point we had never, ever prayed in our lives. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Lord, we need this stuff called money. (laughs) Because we need to pay for things for ourselves. Oh, yeah, and we have to raise finances to start the church. And we got to build a team of people. And people got to agree to stick with this thing. It was so overwhelming. And talk to different people, trying to get advice, trying to get support, trying to get help, anything you can do. I'll take an encouraging word if that's all you got. And, and it was such a range of experiences with so many different people. And ultimately, it was this dependency on God like we have never, ever experienced before in our lives because it was literally this, Lord, only you can make this work. And I I am saying that still with conviction because I relive those moments so many times where it's like we walk into church and I look around this place and I'm like, how in the world did this happen? These people keep coming. Man, that's pretty impressive. That's one of the moments. Then it's like, oh, God, we got to do this again next week. I hope they come back. And I'm not joking. I believe that we were meant to have different faith. But I also believe that we're trying to normalize faith for everybody to make it easier. And our attempt to simplify it Really what we're doing is we're making it easier. And I will tell you this, in order to have different faith, it's going to cost you something. And this is what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your opinion. It's going to cost you your familiarity with how it works. Because I promise you, whenever this whole journey started for us, it everything got thrown out the window, man. And I'm thankful the Lord did that. I wasn't at the time, but I am now. Because it put us in a place to where we became closer with him. I believe it takes different faith to answer the call of God on a person's life. A different faith. And if you have the call of God on your life, the only reason why you haven't answered it is because you don't have different faith. And I can say that boldly because I know what it's like to be on the end of stepping into the call as well as helping a person see that God is calling them. It takes a different kind of faith. It takes different faith to be the church that God wants us to be. See, I think a lot of times we're okay if this is a good church that we can come to on Sundays and our family enjoys. And I pray that's how you feel about this place. But I pray also that Jesus looks at our church and says, that's a group of people that believe for everything that I'm able to do and not just to enjoy Sunday and have a good program for their kids. See, we got to raise the level is what I'm saying. Our faith has become so common. It's what everybody does. And I don't believe Jesus is, is, is amazed at that type of faith. Come on. I know I'm messing with us a little bit. But it, it, we've got to take a step. I will say it this way. It will take different faith to get a building in our present economy. It will. Because watch this. So many times we think, well, the church needs to get a building, but really it's we. And that means each one of us have to take faith steps in order to do that. In an economy that is crazy. See, it takes different faith for those types of things to happen, not just common faith. I'll be transparent with you about the building situation. I will. And this this sermon wasn't about the building. I'm just giving you a glimpse into the wrestling match of faith that goes on not just in you, but even in me. Because it would be so easy to sit out there and think, he just gets out there and believes everything. It is wrestling every day. It is wrestling couple years ago when we were pursuing this building on Cary Forest and when it all fell through I have to be honest with you I was so discouraged and I didn't show it to you 
I was so overwhelmed because I felt certain the Lord showed me all of this. I felt so certain about it. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to keep believing God's plan or am I going to react to what's happening and back down in faith because if that didn't work, I guess the Lord forgot about us. I'm giving you a glimpse into the thoughts that I was having and I hope you feel this the same way. They're like, wait, wait a minute, Pastor Wade. That's how I feel about stuff too. It's wrestling. And a lot of times it's not even wrestling with the Lord. It's wrestling with myself. You know what I'm saying? Because I know better. I know better. But there's some part of me that still wants to say, you see, it didn't work. You tried. It didn't work. Last year, there was a possibility for us to buy a building. We didn't even tell the church. We met with our board. Things were moving forward. Looked like an incredible opportunity for us. We were taking steps. Had a lot of things in place. Had things with the bank. So many things were moving in the right direction. And it fell through. Another discouraging moment. It was so discouraging. I didn't even want to talk about it. I wanted to pretend like it wasn't happening. So glad. I'll be honest. I was so glad we didn't tell all y'all. Come on. I, I know there's the business person in there like, Pastor, be transparent. I'm being very transparent right now. I was so discouraged because we're an 11-year-old church without a building. You feel it too. This ain't about a building, y'all. This is about faith. Don't get so caught up in building, okay? A couple months ago, we found some land. Reached out to the realtor. Someone else bought it. Even through the discouragement, though. Because it is, man. That's like, you know, the old people would say, well, that's three strikes and you're out, preacher. You know what I'm saying? That's normal faith. But different faith is, I still believe God will provide. They say, well, well what's going to happen? I don't know. Remember what I told you earlier? Sometimes you got to be okay with, I don't know. Because in the middle of all that, I don't know. Here's what I do know. I keep seeing God move. I, see, I keep seeing God touching people's lives. And even though we may not have a building, I do see what God is building in this congregation. So watch this. It takes different faith. And, and I really, man, I prayed about this message so much because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just hype. I wanted to make sure it wasn't just all the feels. It takes a different kind of faith to keep believing through all the disappointment. It does. It takes a different kind of faith to keep believing, even though you're discouraged. And in our world today, that is so full of highlights. Can I tell you the greatest highlight of all is the highlight of faithfulness. Because faithfulness lasts. It lasts. It lasts through the discouragement. It lasts through the disappointment. It lasts through that didn't happen. It lasts through I'm still waiting. It lasts through I don't see how it's going to change. It lasts through he's still acting this way. It lasts through I don't see nothing happening with my kids. It lasts through the prodigal that is still out there that you're still praying for that's going to come home. It lasts through the diagnosis that's been there for 10 years and you're praying and praying and believing and believing and it looks like nothing is changing. It looks like faithfulness when you keep believing and that my friends is different kind of faith and not just faithful because I was there at church but it's faithful because I keep bringing him in I keep bringing him in I keep bringing him in to my situation I keep inviting him in 
when I'm struggling, when I'm depressed, when I'm over. I just keep bringing him in because I know that there is always a possibility if I can bring him in. And if it doesn't feel like he's there, I still got his word because his word performs. It progresses and it cannot be stopped. So I stay in his word. Gosh, stay in. I want you to bow your heads today. the Lord in this place ministering to people whose faith has been so wounded basing your faith off of outcomes and the Lord's just calling you to obey and leave the outcomes in his hand and I get it you don't know how to explain it to people And guys, this is why I say the center of your faith has to be Jesus. If it's people, you will always look at options because you don't know how to explain it to them. But if you're walking through something today and you say, Pastor, I need a different faith. I need a different faith because I'm walking through some situations that I feel like my faith is failing feel like I'm overwhelmed. I feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. I feel like trying something different. Come on. I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to come down here today. It might be for your health. It might be for your marriage. It might be for something that you've been dealing with for the last 25 years. It might be mental health. It might be anxiety. But you know, I need a different faith today because the norm isn't working any more. Maybe your life has just been so full of bad decisions and you've bought into the thought of this is how we're always going to be because this is how we always are. But today I want to bring a different faith to your situation and I want to speak a different word that he is able to bring redemption and he's able to turn it around. He is able to change your life. And today, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus just like the Roman officer and he will change your life. Today, 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 different faith. Maybe you've become so familiar with Jesus that it's storybook faith. And you quit considering that he's writing your story. In fact, you're holding the pen. And you're writing it, telling him how it needs to go. And today the Lord's saying this to somebody. You need to surrender the pen. You need to surrender the story that you're writing to the story that is already written for your life. If that's you, come on. Today's the day. Different faith, church. Different faith. If you're disappointed and discouraged, it's a different faith today. Stretch your hand towards these guys up here. I don't know what they're walking through, but I know they need God to do something. They need God to intervene. They need God to move. They need God to work. And today, Lord, over every person that's at this altar today, I pray just that step out of the seat represents the step of faith that I'm stepping away from the comforts I'm stepping away from the familiarity and I'm stepping into the I don't know but I'm trusting you Lord I don't know but I'm trusting you trusting you Father for every one of them down here I pray today will be a marked difference a marked difference in their life. It would be the day they decided, Lord, I believe. I'm not trying, I'm trusting. Today I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I want the rest of the congregation to stand and we're going to pray. We're going to pray. This ain't the closing prayer. This is the prayer. And I want you to lift your hands to heaven because we're going to pray a prayer of faith today. Father, today we stand as a church congregation, the people of faith, 
who aren't so caught up in our label as much as we are caught up in you. And Lord, today we believe you for miracles. We believe you for healings. We believe, God, that you can turn diagnosis around. Today we believe that you can turn marriages around. You can heal. You can change. You can break addictions. We believe it today. We stand in faith as a congregation, not wondering, not looking at alternatives, but trusting in you, oh God. Today we trust you for the prodigal sons and daughters that are away, that are even running from you. Today we call them home. Today we call him home in the name of Jesus, knowing that you, Jesus, are the Savior. Lord, today we pray even for those that others would say even God couldn't save them. Today we pray for their salvation and believe for change in their life, that salvation is coming to them in the name of Jesus. Even for family members, we pray now for salvation to come to save our lost family, our lost friends. In the name of Jesus, we stand and we believe it in the name of Jesus. We believe it. We believe it. I pray, Father, for the faith of our church to be the kind of faith that amazes you. The kind of faith that you are amazed by. The kind of faith that you are attracted to. And so, Lord, today, let this service, let this moment together be a day where our faith is elevated corporately as well as personally. I pray for each person in here through every struggle, through everything they're walking through, through all the anxiety, the things they're trying to predict that ain't happening the way they thought. I pray, Lord, they're at the place where they say, Lord, you're enough. And as long as I have you, I can walk through anything. Thank you, Jesus, that you are a provider. And even in the middle of an economy that is crazy and out of control, you still provide. And I pray that for this congregation. I pray this for our church, that you are a provider. Lord, I pray for a building now. I know you got a place In the meantime, we will be faithful. We will be faithful. And I know if we're faithful, we will be fruitful. Lord, we're looking to you and we're trusting you. Different faith in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Different faith. Different faith.